Welcome to the Revolution of Interdependence podcast. My name is Will Sampson. I'm a social scientist who guides executives and companies to new levels of growth. If you want to improve your life all by yourself, look, that's your business. But if you want help from others, that's our business. And that's what this podcast is all about, helping each other succeed. We do that by inviting people into a growing revolution of interdependence. So let's get into today's podcast. Well, thank you uh, for tuning in, folks. So today I'm getting the opportunity to interview Tim Ray- uh, Redmond, rather. And Tim, Tim is the CEO of Redmond Growth Initiative, which is an organization designed to help you grow your profits, grow your business and grow your life. And I really want to hear about that third part, especially through Tim's (laughs) coaching process. Yes. Now, he's also the president of Redmond Leadership Institute, and I'm sure that's going to come up as well because that's a nonprofit organization that helps. They work in developing communities to help reach, restore, and release leaders to tap their full potential in their organizations, in their communities, in their countries. And Tim is also the author of a book and I believe a, a coaching series on power to create. So we're going to Hopefully, somehow we'll find a way to get all of those in. Yeah, let's do it. So here's the question we always start with is tell us, um, tell us a story about someone or some group in your life that was the real difference maker for you that you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, that was a they were they played such a critical role and they're the reason why I'm successful today. Yeah, that I love that question. You did give me a warning that that was going to ask that. And uh, it's really hard to narrow it down to one. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of have in order of people that I've, uh, I've worked with and make it real short. First of all, I'm, I'm one of 11 kids and my parents either loved uh, uh, sex or they love kids or both. I don't know, <laughs> just good Catholic family. And uh, so, but my dad was a, a chemical engineer and uh, doctorate, PhD in chemical engineer. And uh, one of the things that was, was key in how I look at life, he said, Tim, the, the challenge with solving problems is most people do not adequately define the problem. Yeah. And so just taking the time to define the problem is really a, a cornerstone. And, you know, it's like, well, yeah, but I want to be solutions focused. I know, but you can't pretend the problem's not there. Let's let's define it. Let's break it down. Let's make it conquerable. And I've got a number of other people. There's a there's a guy, another guy by the name of Tim, that uh, had started this software uh, uh, company. And we he and I grew it up to about 400 employees, and we end up selling to into it. So I learned huge lessons from him, and. Um, just on uh, the management of a company and how to do it well and how to do it right. We maintained a north of 20% profit. Wow. And at one time we had $26 million cash in the bank. So just making sure, I like to say with cash, you're positioned for power. So there's a number of other people that I could I, I can mention, but those are just amazing, amazing people in my life. I love that. And yeah, invariably, no one, there's never one person but we, we always start with that. Que- I start with that question because I want to remind everyone that that's really what we're focusing on here is interdependence. We, I get to interview a lot of cool people, get to throw out a lot of cool ideas. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's about how we help each other succeed. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. I, I think one of the keys to my success, uh, we've had a, a level of success and we're, we, we, we have a 10 X and a hundred X vision. I'm 61 last year. I wrote a 25 year plan, a business plan that 10 X our coaching business and, uh, created a hundred X on a new, uh, a new company that I'm uh, launching this year. And uh, so I, uh, I, I love the people's input in my life. And so it's so been, it's, it's been, Will, it's really important to find experts yeah. to help us. I've got four teams or four coaching organizations helping me, a coaching organization. Uh, <laughs> I've got all the answers, but maybe I don't. Right. I know what I'm really good at doing, but there's four areas that we're wanting very specific help in. And so I'm hiring that expert. So I love that interdependent thought here. Oh. It's just this way. It's way the best get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, wow. We could go, we could spend the whole interview just talking about <laughs> building teams. Um, and it's tempting, but I want to get into your story. So I know part of your story is overcoming some, some struggles early in life. And that really became um, something you built on to, for, for your success. And now in helping other people and coaching other people through transitions and difficult times. So can you take us back and just tell us the story of how it all began and, and how that drives your work today? Yeah, well, I was, uh, when I was born, I actually had a uh, cleft palate, it was like a double cleft palate. And uh, there were some other complications. And so the doctor told my parents, hey, we don't expect this uh, boy to last through the week. Mm. So they, they rushed me to uh, the priest to get me sprinkled or whatever they did. Right. And uh, most of those guys are really, really good. I'm thumbs up. I'm not critical of it. You know, everybody has their own issues. But this guy had an issue that was he was holding me, looking at my deformity, if you will, or my handicap. And it's like he announced a curse over me. He said, this boy will never be a priest and he'll never be a public speaker. And it's like I lived under the power of that curse right. uh, where I was massively shy. You know, I had a number of operations. I would get so nervous. I would stutter. I would slur kids would make fun of the way I spoke. And I just went more and more into my turtle shell, if you will. Yeah. And uh, so that, and then another, uh, I was in an accident with a brother of mine and he was, unfortunately he was uh, killed in the accident and I'd hit the highway on the other side where our little car went tumbling and, uh, and uh, hit the highway head first. And of course he was killed instantly. I was left for, for dead. And my, my, the doctor said, Hey, Tim probably won't survive the night. Uh, but if he is, if he does, he won't be the same. He'll be a, uh, at best a drooling vegetable the rest of his life. And, um, so there's a lot of, you know, I had to actually in this process, you know, I, I came out of the coma, <laughs> survived, hate to give the, the power punch here too, too early in the, in the, in the story, but but the, the idea is I had to learn to read and write all over again. Here I was, mm. you know, 15 yeah. and uh, just the frustrations of that. And 
um, I did have to rebuild my mind. And uh, I think there was, you know, divine healing mixed with mm -hmm. doctors helping out and me just working my rear end off. And, um, you know, my dad helping me out quite a bit with just teaching me how to read again. And uh, so life brings this challenge. And it's like uh, Dr. Adler said, you know, Albert Adler, you know, in, in his study of inferiority complex is like, there's two responses to the challenges you face. Either it's a stepping stone or it's a stumbling block. And so um, through the help of that interdependence of some really key people in my life, I've looked at these challenges as, as stepping stones. And so I'm not sure if that's what the part no, of the story you want to share. That is, yeah. No, that's exactly it. That's really, that's really great. It is interesting to me. I hear your story and it, it well, I'll tell you what it made me think of is <clears throat> the uh, intelligence expert and memory expert, Jim Quick. I don't know if you know his story, but I've heard that I've heard the name similarly kind of a brain injury had to overcome it and, and went on to really, I mean, it ended up really propelling him to greatness because he chose, he had a mental framework that said, I can move beyond this. It's not going to be a stumbling block. It's going to be a stepping stone to use your metaphor. Yeah. So, so you go to a, so a company comes and they want coaching. They have some vision of what they want to be. Talk us through that whole process. We'll get into the exact formula, yeah. but, but imagine yeah. someone's coming to you for the first time. Cause some of the folks who are listening to me are starting their own businesses, trying to figure out how to do um, what they do. And like you, frankly, like me as well, not willing to accept that 65 is going to be retirement. Like, <laughs> boom, come on. <laughs> like you, I've got, I don't have a 25 year plan. I've got a 10 year plan that I put together when I was 56. So I, I get that. So yeah. clients come to you. Let's, let's start sort of from the beginning. Where do you meet them? How do you take them? How do you help them? Yeah, it's really good. So we first of all find out, um, you know, do they want to grow a company and do they want to get to where the business works for them or do they just want to secure a job? So there's, uh, we differentiate that, you know, in a, what we call our 10 minute call, we qualify call. And then if they qualify to be hungry enough to really grow a business and we need them to be at least a five X desire, but but we preferably like for them to have a 10 X desire to go from where they are to where we're, you know, 10, 10 times. And um, so we'll bring them to what we call a growth plan. A growth plan is a, a plan that they'll spend $2,500 to have us analyze their business, the strengths, the weaknesses. Um, we get real clear on their three-year goal. And, uh, and then we, we actually create a pathway of concrete, tangible action items, you know, in, in designing a blueprint for them to get to that level here. And then if they want to work with us, we'll work with them for three months and, you know, as the initial commitment and we'll actually implement that blueprint. So we, for years, I was a coach, Will, that uh, would tell them, do these seven things. These are 23 things to incorporate, get together with them the next week. And did you get those things done? No, I'm too busy. You know, my hair's right. on fire and I'm trying to survive. Right. And so, uh, so we converted our coaching business into a do it for you coaching business where we do wow. most of the work. And, um, 
And then, uh, uh, you know, if they want to go on with this blueprint to have us implement that, we will implement it. If not, they can go and implement it themselves. Now, what I what I will say is a little bit of a precursor. Any anybody that's listening to this, watching this, if they want to get a growth plan, we can. You know, if they give you a five star review, a need for them to give you a five star review on your podcast or whichever station they've got you listening on. Um, you know, we love Will. I, I need to see something about <laughs> we love Will, and Will's the smartest PhD that I, the most practical PhD I've ever met. Right. So they got to say something positive. And then what we'll do is we'll waive that $2,500 fee okay. and uh, boom, we, you know, but they have to identify themselves with you. But so, so we start them off on that. We create a coaching pathway. And in the first coaching meeting, we actually build a business model for them to look at their business with a whole new set of eyes instead of doing it this way we get it more towards a business model geared more towards their capacity. Yeah. And we do the marketing, we do the sales, we help with the hiring. We do all the, the key elements for them to begin to conform to that new way of doing things where they, they get on track and they stay on track for that three-year goal. So when you really, say capacity, let me, let me ask you to clarify, because when you say capacity, do you mean their individual capacity as a business owner, their business capacity? Both. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yes. So yeah. like, here's a typical example. Let's say we have uh, let's like a, uh, a service business. They may service commercial or residential. We'll say an electrician and they say, Hey, listen, we have uh, myself and another guy. It's a journeyman electrician and we're cranking out $20,000 a month. Okay. Well, we'll actually break it down. And I know because I've helped probably at least 300 electrical you know, contractors. Right. Uh, it's one of the areas we specialize in plumbers and home builders and remodelers. And, but yeah, any business. I mean, we, we work with any business. And uh, so we'll actually build a business model. And I'll predict that we'll get real close to each one of those electricians can be producing $25,000 a month. Gotcha. So our first goal is to get them to from 20,000 a month to 50,000 a month. Yeah. And that actually creates a lot of the profit they need to, that we, we don't want people borrowing a bunch of money to grow their business. We believe that what we set up in the first three months can actually begin to do most of the, or if not all of the funding of the growth. Okay. to get them going. Does that make sense? It totally does. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's helping them look at each transaction and measuring it. And, and it's amazing. And I know you probably have studied uh, some psychology and psychosis and the power mm -hmm. of the mind. You know, when they look at life to say, you know what, we can just create $10,000 a month in revenue and we're fine by that. Right. But if I show them a whole new vision to say you can easily create $25,000 a month, each one of you, and that won't be that. So it usually within those three months, we get them from their old reality to actually living in the new reality. You know, so yeah. that's the first step. We So just changing the way they look at what they're looking. I like to define leadership as improving your looks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that. so much what you look like in the mirror, although, you know, it's probably good to keep that up. 
it's, it's how you look at what you're looking at. And yeah. uh, so that's, that's the challenge. I love that. And is that the, um, is that your growth system that you, the power to create? Is that what the book is about? Yeah. So let's, let's get into the book and, and talk. Yeah, about yeah, please. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get this real quick. Please. Yeah. I, I did not know we were going to talk about it, but uh, we do have a, I'm not trying to sell this, but just to, to verify, we do have a power to create book. And then I've got a, a curriculum uh, where uh, they can go through a number of uh, sessions, but this actually outlines our coaching methodology, a lot, a lot of the coaching methodology in there. Okay. That. Okay. So now, and now I, I will warn you, Will, just for people, if they get it, which I welcome them to get it, um, and they get a hold of me, I can send them a signed copy, whatever they want there. Uh, but it is a, uh, it's a, a biblically based. Okay. I, 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 it's kind of a faith based yeah. perspective. I don't shove anything down anybody's throat here, but it's really a treatise on wealth and money and work and purpose. And it's very liberating. You know, I've just had a lot of people write me on that, but it is, I wrote it for uh, business owners that are kind of faith-based and yeah. also pastors of churches. I wrote it for both yeah. kind of leaders of organizations. So I want to you know, it's, no, that's, that's I, great. No, we, we, yeah. we, we get a lot of, we get a lot of, a lot of yeah. people here. And, and because of my network, a lot of people are coming out of, out of those, out of that background or from, you know, or in that, or in that part of the world. And that's great. Um, what I was excited about, and the reason why I wanted to talk about, or want to ask you some questions about it is because you listed one of the benefits as um, enabling people to serve others. So I'm wondering, like, if Whoa, you, could you did some on... reading there. That's good. That's impressive. <laughs> so I'm wondering if you can reflect, like, we're going to get back to the to the growing the business part of, of your yeah. work for just a minute. But I really want to reflect, like, how does how how do you enable people to serve others? Like as businesses grow, how do you imagine them serving other serving others, serving the world, helping people in need, things like okay, that? Well, let's take one step back, if you'll allow me, Will. Please. Yeah. Uh, what I do in the book is I redefine wealth. Now, wealth to a lot of people is it's it's a great thing. It's the attainment of money and possession and properties. And, and we all want wealth. But, you know, we, we have kind of a cognitive dissonance because when you talk about wealth, well, how did that person become wealthy? Well, they cheated people and wealth ruins people. And so we have a lot of, you know, dis, you know, almost like we're double-minded. So right. part of the book is to help redefine what wealth is. So I redefine wealth, not so much as the gathering of money or goods. That is a good definition of wealth. Yeah. But I redefine wealth is a creative process that flows from you rather than something flowing to you. So it's it's creating something of value to serve other people. Right. So you lecture uh, your students. Uh, you go in and you you help companies in an M and A to merge their cultures without destroying each other so right. that the merger is successful. That's right. you're creating value to serve your customer. So anytime, whether you're sweeping the floor or you're, you're transplanting a heart or you're uh, selling uh, property, 
you're creating a service or a product to serve that person that you're wanting to, to serve. So if you focus on increasing your serve, and I love tennis, you know, yeah. so it's like, yeah. you know, you want to have a powerful serve. You want to really focus on your serve. So that that's what wealth really is. And I've taught this on the outskirts of Aquagana. Uh, uh, I've done it in the, um, you know, in a small island, in, you know, outside of Manila in the Philippines. I've done it in Moscow and believe it or not, in Kiev, Ukraine and wow. St. Petersburg. Wow. And I've done it all over the world. I've done it in a housing project in New York City, in Queens, New York. Yeah. And uh, so it, it, it's the same thing applies regardless of your economic condition. I love that. I love that. And do you see... This is a loaded question. I'm going to admit it up front. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, please. Do you see a correlation between people wanting to serve others and business success or business growth? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a totally loaded so, question, but I'd love you to reflect yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah. And, and so you, you know the answer to that. I'd probably be just as curious hearing your perspective on that. Yeah. You know, I you know, Adam Smith really tapped into something when he publish a book, you know, in the, uh, the year that uh, people in the United States declared independence from uh, King George. And so, uh, you know, it's a wealth of nations by Adam Smith. And he talked about really, you know, it's a, it's a, almost a selfishness that drives the economy, but there is a serving other people so that you'll get a better return. You know, and so the more you serve people, the happier they get. And I believe that creating wealth is creating a renewal stream. All right. Yeah. I work with all the companies and say, what's your renewal stream? Well, I build houses. So it's a one and done. OK, well, let's build some renewal streams on that. Right. And uh, so, uh, you know, if, as we begin to to. It, you know, it's, it's like Sam Walton taught me, sat down and he's a good friend of mine, Sam Walton. No, I never met him, but I wish I right. would have. He would he would have loved me. I know it. Uh, name dropping there. Uh, pretty, pretty insecure, I know. Uh, but he, you know, he helped me understand that wealth is creating a buying club. And so buyers are people that are excited to get more of what you've served before. Right. And so the better you serve people, and the more profoundly you meet their needs, or the easier it is for them to do business with you, the more they're going to come back and get more of what you have. And so that's the growing of a business. Yeah, yeah. And why do some of your, because I'm sure <clears throat> as good as you are, you have some folks who come to you and they're just not able to take advantage of what you've got for them. And then I'm sure you've got some just explosive growth stories. What yeah. do you think is the difference? What separates those two? Not, yes. not I realize it's not a real clean, like there's this group and that group, but generally what sec, what separates the people, the group from those who can't quite take advantage of what you've got to those who use it. And just, it's like, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that we can talk about on that. Yeah. One, there's a story that uh, my, my key mentor taught he taught about a guy that built his house on the sand and a guy that built his house on the rock and right. um and then the storms came and the house on the sand was destroyed the house on the rock they had a party that day that's my interpretation mm -hmm. and so you think well what's the real lesson that story was well, the foundation well what's the foundation and my mentor taught 
what the foundation was. It says the guy that built his house on the sand is he that hears my sayings and doesn't do them. Right. The guy that built his house on the rock is he that hears my sayings and he's a doer. Yeah. And so the key thing here is being a doer. Right. You know, so we'll we have a do it for you coaching program. Uh, but it's also a do it with you. So there's some things that we need to have them participate. And there are some people that are just, they, they just sit down. So we'll get limited success on them, you know, cause we guarantee results and this and that. So we guarantee it to the result that they did nothing. And we, we did everything. We can still reach that. Right. And, uh, and so that's the difference is being a doer of it. Um, a lot of it is is really will. Uh, it's having the fire of desire. How bad do you want it? You know. Yeah. And uh, you remember in uh, in high school, if you're in sports, you know the coach would. You know, it's not about how comfortable you are; it's how much he can push you to get in shape. You know. I used yep. to be a wrestler, and uh, we do at the end of a wrestling practice, we do three hundred push-ups. Actually, yeah. six sets of fifty-one push-ups, three hundred six push-ups, and uh, that that made us tough in the third period. I mean, it just you just you just got to have the fire, desire, the want to to do, it. Yeah. and then you got to be a doer. You got to yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I hope that's not too simplistic. It's. It's not at all. It's not at all. But I do know, and 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 I do know that a lot of the folks who tend to tune into my um, podcast and listen to what I'm talking about are also interested in like, how do you build? I know we sort of referenced team before, but like, how do you build a team to help you do that? Because what I see in the few entrepreneurs I work with, I work mostly with you know tech executives and things like that. But of the few entrepreneurs I work with, they often don't know how to. F- how to even know where they need help and then yeah. how to get help to build a team. So they have a great idea. They have a really strong capability in a particular area, but they have difficulty operationalizing it into a business because they don't know how to build that team. How do you help people okay. build teams? Okay. So uh, we get, you know, and I've, I've actually built, you know, uh, I was uh, with Coopers and Librin, uh, yep. Pricewaterhouse Coopers now. And um doing a lot of consulting. I was with a software company. We ended up selling to into it. So I know about the tech and growing that. And, and here we work with a lot of contractors and service-based businesses, manufacturing, retail, every, every kind, but just mostly service-based. And so we get, we help the owner get real clear on what they need that person to do. Yep. And so we get really clear expectations. Now, what happens is there's usually a lack of training that the owner, I mean, their hair's on fire. They're trying to get to the end of the day. And they're the, you know, when they show up, they're the only ones, uh, when they show up, the whole company shows up. So, you know, it, 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 they don't have time to train. And so they get people in there and then there's no accountability. And so what we do is we, we help people get real clear on what are the expectations and then to set up to say, you know, owner, you do that job probably right now if it's early in your game. And so make sure you don't just have that person. You do a few of these transactions so that person can watch you. Most of us learn kinesthetically, you know, just we, we see it, we do it. And then 
Then we have at least a weekly do loop, feedback do loop. Mm. There's another story, you know, a, a parable about, you know, the guy that went away, but before he went away, he gave one guy like five, uh, five bags of gold, another one, two bags of gold, another one, one bag of gold. And when he came back, he had the servant come and give account for his performance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's largely lacking in the development of a team is we think we have to do it all. And we have to outline everything. No, you give ownership to the person there and you, you have them say, here's what you wanted me to do. Here's, here's what's green and here's what's red. And any, any expectation or, or measurement KPI key performance indicator it comes up on a weekly basis. It's either green where we met it or it's ahead of schedule or it's red. We didn't meet it. And it's, it's, you get real clear on that red and green. And then they, the person says, Hey, I, here's a red area. And here's what I'm going to do to turn this into green. You, you, yeah. you push ownership down on them. But yeah. what, what, what a lot of people do is when they start to build a team is they don't have a regular meeting time for that person to give account for their performance. Yeah. And it's in the measuring of the performance. Peter Drucker taught you and I both this. It's in the measurement yep. of the performance where people improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting in my, with the other hat I wear um, in, in helping corporations to change, you know, usually around mergers and acquisitions. I mean, that's, it's often true that there's there's KPIs for all kinds of financial things and all kinds of other maybe project based things. There's not a ton of what I call people KPIs. Like like, how do you yeah. think this person's actually going to be changed or different? What is what does decision ownership look like? Things like that. Those are often missing. Um, I find. I mean, I would see Will that somebody would hire you if the only thing they hired you for was say help us have meaningful and measurable people KPIs. Yeah. I mean, who does that? <laughs> you know? not, so not many, but I think what we're finding is we're in the midst of if, whether there's really a great resignation or not, the point is there's a lot of turmoil in the job market and people feel right more empowered to shape the work they're doing to start businesses, things like that. And certainly a lot of people listening to me are, are those kinds of people who are off starting their own ventures. Right. Um, and some of it is just because they recognize this, you know, valuing people, valuing culture. Those are really critical things, yep. not just to how I do my work, but how I want to live in the world. Yeah. So, really, really being intentional. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really the, uh, I, I read through books with a, a number of clients and a number of people that I'm mentoring and, uh, you know, I'm going through uh, Victor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning again, and the, just the whole logotherapy and the, the processing of when you're brought down to the base, just survival of you as a human, <laughs> what remains, it's, it's amazing the, the power of intentionality and how a lot of us run from it, but when we embrace intentionality, it's yeah. meaning really comes. It's not yeah. just the pain pleasure principle is the, is the meaning, uh, you know, it's the pursuit of meaningful living, intentional living. So. Absolutely. And I couldn't, I am, 
Frankel is my go-to. I couldn't be a bigger yeah. fan of Victor Frankel. I even have yeah. his three ideas for meaning on my wall right over there. So yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I give a lot of credence to Frankel in terms of shaping my thought. So here's, let's, here's our final question, which is, yeah. If, if the world could take more advantage of you and you and the growth Institute and the work you're doing, we didn't even get a chance to talk about your nonprofit work, which I'm sorry about, but we'll have, we'll have to have you back for a separate one. Yeah. It'd be fun. It'd be fun just about that. that. But if the world could take advantage of of what you give to the world, of how you contribute, how how could it be? How can you imagine it being better? Um, well, I you know I, we're we're in the process of ten xing our coaching company, and it's a pretty sizable coaching company. We've got about one hundred and fifty clients we meet on a weekly basis, and um, and so. Uh, uh, I know the more people that I serve, the more I'm going to introduce them to these processes, the more they're going to implement these processes, the more they're going to allow us to implement these processes. So, um, you know, I, I want to try to make the world better by expanding what I do. And uh, we'll probably get some more books written. I'm going to, this is a 250, 300 page book. So I'm going to probably knock it down to, that same book down to maybe three or four or five books and about 50, 60 pages a right. so that people can actually read through them uh, in one setting. And, uh, but yeah, you know, and if people wanted to uh, take advantage of that growth plan, they can email me, Tim at Redmond Growth. Uh, you can look me up, Redmond Growth Consulting or Tim Redmond Tulsa. Our SEO is actually pretty good or, you know, it's, we, we we're wrestling some with uh, Google, but, um, if they, if they'll just email me, uh, Tim at Redmond growth and just say, Hey, would you waive that $2,500 growth? That's such a great offer. Thank you. We'll set that up. I really need them to identify you. And I really want them to just say, Hey, Will's awesome. Uh, here's a five-star review for Will because he's helped Thank me you. think, you know, <laughs> so you. that's, <laughs> and that's interdependence that's helping each yeah. other succeed. So that's a yeah. great, great place to close. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your presence and, and your, your wise words. And I'm, I really am excited to share you with my listeners. So very good. Look forward to it. Thank you so much. Will. appreciate that. All right. You yeah. bet. And that's a wrap for today. Please follow me on social. You can find me at Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at the will Sampson. Please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of the latest episodes. Thanks everyone. And I will see you next time on the Revolution of Interdependence podcast.